podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything real estate. Today, we have our power panel, as usual. We have our rock star deal maker, Nima Mary, managing partner of a Mary Law Firm. We have our guru of real estate, Eric Anderson, CEO of Anderson, Alexander Anderson Real Estate Group. And we have our capital investments and flipping guru, Omar Sharif. He is the VP of the Alexander Anderson Capital Group. And of course, there's me, Noelle Fryson at the Center for Real Estate Education. So today we're going to be talking about renting versus buying. In this economy, should you be renting? Should you be buying? Should you be a rental agent? Will that get you anywhere? But first, guys, I want to tell you what I did. Okay? What did you do, Noel? What uh, did I do? Okay. So. Is it clean? It's very, no, this is this is just me being an idiot. Okay. okay? So. I wouldn't call you an idiot. So I went on, because I wanted us to be like The View or like one of those really like big shows. So I went on to get us some mugs. Oh, Unfortunately, sorry. the mugs came to me all black and you can't see the logo. So I start calling them and I'm being such a whatever. Don't and say I'm, Karen. I'm not saying Karen, but I, I was being she was something. Say another <laughs> well, I was being that too. And I was like, oh. how could someone not see <laughs> that you can't see the logo? It's a black mug, blah, 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 blah. And then I look at the box and it says color changing mug. And I was uh. like, Oh, so I told my son, I was like, baby, go run this under some hot water. And he's like, it's changing colors. So I'm going to reorder the mugs. I will reorder non-color changing mugs, but I put some hot tea in this one, and this is what it will look like. So you're saying is we're going from expensive mugs to cheap mugs? <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> and as the show goes on, we'll see, as this cools down, we're going to see the black rise up. Okay, so it'll be like our time clock. All right. And whoever tells us when they see the black rise up gets a prize. Hmm. I'll have to think about what that prize is. It might just be a smile. <laughs> DMs to invest on Eric's next deal. Or a nice, a nice vest. Look at this cool <laughs> swag vest that he has. All right, anyway. But um, I right. want to hit this topic first. Okay, go. So I'm a buyer. I never rent. I hate renting. I would never rent in a million years. Really? Um, I think renting, it's like sacrilegious. Are there scenarios for renting? Maybe, but I just don't rent. I just can't. I don't like to be out of control. And when you own something, if you get your heart into it, or if you're, if you're, it's just, it's yours. So I'm a renter. I mean, I'm a buyer, not a renter. That's me. Okay. So just got that out there. Yeah. Well, what are the pros of buying? Why, why do you buy? Why do, okay. I'm going for my first house. Why would I buy in this economy? Why would I buy? Why would I buy? Why um, buy? I mean, there's a lot of things. Uh, a lot of reasons to buy and there's a lot of reasons to rent, I guess. But um, before I answer that or before we answer that, just when I was like 19 years old, I was I was a buyer. I never, ever, ever rented anything um, other than in college. And I had a I was in a college dorm room. room. That was like the extent of my my rental history. Oh, wait, um, guys. So my cup has tea, but these cups might have something a little bit more fun. And Nima, being the rock star deal maker that he is, Thank needed you. some ice. Where's your tongs? Yeah. Yeah. No tongs. Sarah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. We'll be savages here. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm a firm believer in, uh, you know, we come to the studio. We come to the studio and we shoot, and there's no ice, so I need ice in my water, and I need, you know. Thank you, sir. I like things a specific way, and 
And, you know, I'm usually, oh <laughs> there you go. I'm usually prepared to pay a premium for it. So they're all making fun of me because my <laughs> office building is not too far from here. Um, I made someone from my office deliver ice. So at the end of the day, I hope all of you get to the point where if you want ice in your drink and it can't be provided to you, you can pick up the phone and- You force someone to come. Not force, so did you, I compensate somebody. Hold on, is that ice maker in your office? So I don't like ice maker ice. I have them make my ice and oh then freeze it. Ah. And then they break it and put it in here and then they make me new ice. Thank you, Tim, for the tongs. It's Tim made with, uh, with not normal water, just made with water that I like because it melts and whatever it melts into my other water, it should okay. taste fluid and consistent. So it's made with Perrier, so, Evian. No, hold on. <laughs> if, if you had an ice maker, would you rent it or buy it? Well, that's a good question. I would probably actually lease it. No, I'm kidding. I would buy it. Uh, so we'll, we'll move this ice. We're done making fun of Nima here. We're um, <laughs> never done making fun of Nima. So, so why don't you tell us that you would, what you would rent or buy? I am actually with, uh, I'm with Eric on this. I also hate buying, uh, renting. Rent. <laughs> so the reason is, look, if you have the money to pay rent, you're basically creating wealth for somebody else, right? Instead of yourself. Um, when you own something, it's not like you're not making money off of it because if you're do it the right way, you can make you can make a lot more because not only do you own it, but you own it under one entity, rent it on another, then you pay rent from that entity to the other entity, all legal, right? And you're now making money off of owning it. So on one hand, your rent, if it's market rent, is actually causing that entity that you own to you're absorbing the profit, but then you're also depreciating the asset, so your savings on you're saving on taxes, and you have the money from your business that's renting it that's paying a legitimate expense. So your savings are not just your basis on rent, but also your tax savings, maintenance, repairs, um, alternate things. You Wait, know. That, okay. So, but if you okay, and I I I want to own, but if you rent, then you don't have to do the maintenance. You don't have to pay the taxes. It's already in your rent. You don't have to do, you can like get into a better neighborhood and not have to pay those housing prices to buy those houses. Yeah, you do. So look, if someone is, if you're in a better neighborhood, that's a, that's a misnomer for renters. If you're in a neighborhood and you're, you're renting a million dollar house, you're paying more than the mortgages. That's just, who's going to rent it for you less than a mortgage to buy it for the most part, especially with today's mm -hmm. rates. At the end of the day, someone bought that house. And they're not trying to lose money on it by renting it to you. They're trying to make a profit, which means they need to rent it for more. And if they're not, or it's on the same level, that means that they've already paid that house off and now it's just pure profit for them. So the real question isn't whether it's a better deal to rent or own, because in today's interest, 99% of the time it's better to own. The real question is, can you make that decision to rent or own? Do you have the capital necessary to buy it in the beginning? Because some people are just stuck in the fact that maybe they want to own, but they can't save up enough money for a down payment right. to actually buy it. Right. If you have the ability to buy it, respectfully, you're a fool for not, right? You should own the roof over your head. But then you have to be responsible for upkeep. You have to you have to update it if you plan on selling it at some point because you can't keep your house from the nineteen looking like it's from the nineteen seventies. So you know what I mean? so so you, your landlord, if he has to do that, guess who's really paying for it? You think he's going to pay for it and he's not going to pass that cost on to you? The moment he does that, your rent goes up, right? The moment he does it, he, his rent goes up. The moment you do it and you renovate it, you just increase the value of your property, usually by a denomination of at least 2x. Okay. <coughs> you and Eric, I don't know about you, Omar. Can I correct something? Yes. Not 2x on the value of the property, 2x on the amount of money you put into the property. 
Got yeah. it. You and Eric, I know you guys can do things on your own. Like you guys are like the type of people who can fix something, who who understand things. We are you Omar? I am. Yeah. Okay. I'm so you guys way. are manly men. It's yeah. it's oh, very Omar, sexy. Omar actually has a jacket that he wears when he plays construction person. Okay. He's got a hard hat. Yeah. In case a finishing nail flies off. We'll we'll show up in our like six to but he'll go on the construction. I've done electric work in Tom Ford. Where me, single mom. Eric knows that if something goes wrong where I live, I call him in the middle of the night like, where is the button for this, right? Does it make sense for me to rent or own? Because last night, the pipe that goes to the washing machine started exploding. My son is like, mommy, you have to see this. And I had no idea what to do. And I was all wet from head to toe. The, the wood laminate in the basement is coming up. And I had no idea what to do. Do you so, own a rent? I rent. So your, I'm going to call the property managers and be like, fix this. Do you do you have your lease? Huh? Is it a one-family house or an apartment? One-family house. So typically and legally, in a one-family house, the landlord can make the repairs your responsibility because there are no common areas. And I think her lease has a carve-out where she's responsible for the first $200 of the repair. Or yes. three, yes, two to 500 So in that scenario, you really are still paying for the repair anyway. But I'm only paying like 100 200 bucks. How do you know your repair costs more than that? Was it's, it your fault? It's not our fault. I, I told him that it was leaking before. Okay. But how, how are you? How do you know that it should it costs more than that to fix? I don't. Right? It's, well, in theory, so what do you get for two hundred dollars today? A guy's entire a day of labor, or a visit, depending on the scale. A visit, yeah. yeah. I would think it's a visit. Yeah. So for me, for a single mom who has no idea what to do in those situations, I'm with a ten year old. He he can't help me. Rent or buy. So I'd like to think that anybody can learn to do anything. So. If you choose or chose, <laughs> chose to actually learn about properties, you could learn and then you could make yourself a better owner. But if you're just want to play the... The girl. I'm he not going to say, say He that. didn't say if it. You wanna, if you want to play the person that has no interest or expertise in learning about anything construction-wise, then maybe in your scenario, it would pay to rent. Um, because you also You're have the like ability now. to call somebody. Yeah. Look, yeah. It, it's, but, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's simple math, right? What, no, 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 no more, math. no math. You have to do math. Oh God. Uh, what do you pay uh, a year in rent? A year? That's yeah. math. Well, just, what do you pay a month? <laughs> $3,000 uh, a month. Pick it up. There you go. 3,000. Okay. So you're paying $36,000 a year in rent, right? Do you, uh, do, do you see capitalization on that or at the end of the year, it's gone? It's gone. Okay. Now, if you had a mortgage, say 15 year mortgage, a portion of that will go towards equity, right? Correct. All right. So let's take these two numbers. So thirty-six thousand in a rental scenario is gone, but they make a eight hundred dollar repair for you, right? Mm. Now you have the home. You pay the same thirty-six thousand dollars for your mortgage and property taxes, right? But you have to pay that eight hundred dollar repair yourself. So you're now at thirty-six thousand eight hundred dollars on your yearly expenditure because you're thirty-six thousand plus eight hundred. But now subtract. The equity you created with that thirty-six thousand—I'm sure it's more than eight hundred dollars, right? And then I would have that equity in the home, and it would be so, mine. So it's free money. Correct. Not free money. But so that eight hundred dollars you spent on that repair is actually, actually a savings because you probably have created in the beginning of your mortgage at least three, four thousand dollars of equity in that property from your payment. So eight hundred minus your equity of three, four thousand—you're actually up, if you think about it, twenty-two hundred dollars. Okay. So you can't, you can't look at it in a vacuum and just say in the singular incidence, should I pay for that repair? Because at the end of the year, when you add up all your numbers, you're still up. 
So this makes sense <coughs> for me. I'm such and such years old. Let's not talk about it. Listen, 29 is not a bad year. <laughs> thank you. What about, what about if you're really young? Let's say, okay, here's the scenario. I am under 30, no kids, no responsibility. I have saved a hundred grand. Should I buy something or should I put it into investments? Oh, I invest. I would invest. Buy. I would say invest. Invest. Why do you say so invest? I was somewhat in that position because I bought my first house when I was 26. And the only reason I bought it is because I had some savings, but I didn't have a good investment to put it in. So instead of renting, I figured I'd put that towards a down payment. In hindsight, if I knew how to invest in stocks or if crypto was around, I think it was around back then. If I knew. Wait, if I knew. Investments can still be real estate. Right. But, but the thing is... Yes, but for this purpose. Yeah, for this, even if it was real estate, if I buy a rental property, how much am I really making off that, right? At that age, I don't think that's a good use of money. Um, so if you're young, in your 20s, and you have 100,000, I don't think buying is a good idea. But you're young in your 20s, and you're going to pick a stock? Like, what the hell? So that's, that's, the, that's the balance. <laughs> at least you buy right? a piece of real estate, and especially... If you buy a multifamily, because I think as a young person, buying a multifamily is 100% yes, the way to go. Yes, definitely. Mm. So when I said- you can live in one of the multifamily yeah, When I said investment, by the way, I didn't mean buying stocks. I have lost a significant amount of money in stocks because I don't have patience. I look for penny stocks. I want, I want to quadruple my money like in 48 hours or I'm prepared to lose it all. Mean stocks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now, don't hold down for it. But I don't know stocks. And listen, if you don't know something, you're gambling, right? At the end of the day, yes. unless you can say that you're master of that crap. When I meant invest, at 20-something years old, a house is not an asset. It's a liability, right? right? You, the equity you create over time on your individual residence is not recouped because you have no revenue being generated from it. So why would you increase your liability as opposed to your asset at that age? So I believe in investing, but invest in what you know. Listen, if you're a stock trader, sure. Ahead, but if, you are, if you're looking at deciding between a piece of real estate, whether to invest your money in an investment property or buy a personal home, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I bought a multi-million dollar house in my 20s, and to this day, it is the biggest regret because I'm a firm believer in paying your house mostly off at a very low moment. At the end of the day, the biggest regret is if I took that money and I parked it in investment properties, I probably in today's market would have tripled that money. And I could have come back, yeah. bought the same house, which only appreciated maybe 20%, bought that house back or another house, Right with that, with the profits, and still had my principal. But but April is saying we have a live studio audience and out there in internet land. April is saying so isn't purchasing a waste of your liquid investing dollars? Yes, yes. In that at that it, age, at yes. that age, listen. Yes. Listen, yeah. why why do you know? So it's but, not, okay. I don't agree. I don't why agree. don't you because agree? You could have bought a fixer upper. You could have fixed it up, and then you could have doubled the value, and you could pull that money out and have all that money that you just. Put in and then go do something else, else with it. So Eric does agree because that's what uh, actually me and Omar are saying. Oh, all right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> make, make better use of your money that will give you a return versus parking it in a down payment. That's what it comes down to. But you have, you got to get there. you got to get through the first thing and so, then do that. So the challenge, at least the challenge that I face is in your 20s, you don't know about investments. So you might work a job, you'll save money, and by the time you get to 100000 the first question that comes up is what do I do with this money? And if you don't have a good answer... Yeah, <laughs> throw it in the meme stack, crypto, whatever it might be. But crypto's so dumb, guys. Yeah, but if you don't have an answer as to what you could invest $100,000 in, most people put it towards a down payment. Chances are you're not doing a fixer upper with that money. What about in Or go to a capital group, see Omar's tag. There you go. <laughs> or buy an FHA property where you can put down 3%. Yeah, yeah, they call it house hacking. House hacking, I highly recommend it, especially if you're in your 20s. Wait, what's house hacking? 
Uh, you put rodents in the basement before the inspection. <laughs> you get 5% off. What's house hacking? So, <laughs> so, house hacking is when you buy a multifamily, you live in one unit, you rent out the remaining unit, it covers your mortgage, taxes, and if you're lucky, it gives you some additional payments over above. So that makes sense if you're young and yeah. you have no kids and you or don't you need kids, the whole... if you have kids, you can still buy a... Trust me, they're allowed. They're allowed. But, but, um, but guys, you're like... The people who discovered that came out in like 2001. We're 2022. You need to be looking to what the future opportunities are. Because if you're looking at what worked in the past, you're competing against a few million other people who already live in the state of New Jersey. I was going to say, what is the real estate always works. Real estate works, yeah. It but does. The market right now won't allow you to house hack. So you won't get enough income. So, well, that's my question. Is there, do you have a difference of opinion for like three years? It's only been three years, but like three years ago or now, is there a difference? So I'll take 10 years ago. Yes, there is a difference in timing and you have to know what time of the market it is. So let's say in 2022, if we're at the top of the market, you know, maybe you're better off not renting and you're waiting to buy that property. But if you find something that's a deal where it's a fixer upper, or if you're getting something below market, you know, there's still stuff out there that you can find. And even though he's saying you can't house hack now, there's still stuff out there. There's still ways. If you have- That was your boy Omar. You said no house hacking. No, he said, I didn't know the no, term house hacking. I, 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 saw, I thought you said it worked 20 well, whatever, years you can still hack whatever you want. There's still a way to do something. You just have to find it. And you know, taking a, a $2,000 payment out of your, your monthly income and putting that into a rental when you could actually take that to buy something, just to me, you're throwing away the money. So it, it just depends on the situation. Now, yeah, if you're going to, to college somewhere and you're buying a unit because you're going to be there for four years, you know, that could be like a gamble because you don't know if you're actually going to be there for four years. You don't know how the market's yeah. going to be in four years. So maybe that's a time where you would rent. But if you're looking at that as, hey, I'm going to buy this because I know the market's going up or, hey, I'm going to buy this because it's a fixer-upper and I'm going to fix it while I'm here. So, yeah, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances and it's not like a blanket yes or no, yeah. but I still like buying. Good guys, like everything, right, what we say is not universal. There's limited exceptions and we're just assuming that the audience is within their um, sort of age where they're out of school and figuring out what to do. If you're a student, yeah, of course, you're going to be in a dorm or you're going to rent. You shouldn't be talking about buying because mm. your college, you can be in college or PA. All of my friends, <laughs> their parents bought them something wherever they were. That's when you go to some kind of boarding school. Good I did go to boarding school. <laughs> so if you have your friends have rich parents, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's intelligent. I'm just saying they all bought. They don't have to be rich, they could just be smart parents. Yeah, but what if you want to be living in fraternity or sorority? Mm. I mean, you're so mobile at that age. What if you transfer schools? It, to me, it's still not smart because there, when you're in college, like, what if you don't finish? You know, there's so many variables. It, that's the one time where it's actually probably cheaper to rent than yeah. live in a dorm anyway. Um, that's the one time where you're not looking. Your investment at that point isn't in, in property. It's in yourself and your education. Um, and that should be where you're investing your money and time. It should be in your education. I think, well, at least from when I speak, it's assumed that you're either out of school or you chose not to go to school and you're looking at it from a business perspective. Yeah, I mean, if you're 17 years old, I bought my first house when I was 23. So really, yeah, had a meth lab in the basement. You know, the meth. I had this neighbor next to me that had a meth lab. We have to that whole part out. But I totally, I totally think that you should aggressively try to buy something. That's just me. 
Seven but yes, you have to know, like, if you're Noelle and doesn't know what a pipe is, then you, you may want to educate yourself first. I'm yeah. learning what a pipe is. Or just, guys, just pay someone to do it because you're still yeah. going to have that positive. I do like that. All you need is a handyman or a list of subcontractors locally. And handyman. That's it. Handyman. Handyman. How can I dress him? Or get on Bumble. How's <laughs> <laughs> Bumble? Bumble. Bumble. Tinder. Match.com. Harmony. Look in the description. Must do household work and repairs. Yeah. No plumbing, no date. Okay, so... Let's say I do rent. Am I getting the same tax benefits out of the community? No. Why not? What do you mean tax and property tax benefits? Yeah, so you pay your taxes, you get good schools, you get no, good roads. Means, no, she means, yeah, you get oh, them. The landlord does. Right, I get them, right? The landlord does. So if I'm renting, I'm still getting the same tax benefits. I'm getting the same school system. No, right? no, but tax benefits as in write-offs and deductions. No, yeah. she, that's why I asked. She's, at, she's saying tax benefits as, Tangible. In, as in being in a city that... <coughs> the benefits of the, yeah. what the right. property taxes get. Okay. Right, so if I'm renting, I could pick I up and you on this. You yeah. Did. Yeah. I could pick up and move, and mm -hmm. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Everyone knows every. If you guys have been watching us for these myriad of sessions, you know I'm trying to buy. Um, but I can move whenever I want to, right? I don't have to upgrade the house. No. I don't have to do any That's of the repairs, easy. or I, maybe I have to do some of them. But I don't have to care about the house all that much. It all depends on your lease. Says a woman who's never getting her security deposit back. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. So I just, I, so I look yeah, at In it. theory, if you're renting, you would get the same benefits as that owner. However, if you're renting in like a community uh -huh. where there's a homeowner's association, uh -huh. you would need to check to make sure that that homeowner's association allows the owner to rent. Because sometimes it doesn't. And if they rent it without that confines... You may not be entitled to use like the pool or the tennis courts or whatever's there, mm. um, so you would you would want to check that out. But I would say, as Omar said, in most cases, yes, you get everything transferred to you. Could I be kicked out if you don't have a wristband? <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about this, guys. I actually think you should all rent. Are you changing your tune? Oh yeah, my I mean, God. we're the ones who own. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend renting. So tell me about this market in renting. From any of us three. <laughs> tell me about this market. Are rentals like hot right now? Um, yeah. Yeah. Renters, in this market in North Jersey, renting is always hot. So when COVID started, right, um, my family portfolio consists of places in inner cities and also luxury areas, some of the wealthiest towns in New Jersey. And they're both on fire. So I would say... Where a luxury rental used to take six months to rent to four months, you're looking for family who typically at that price point, if you're making enough to rent, you usually have enough to buy, you know, when you're talking about 5,000 plus dollars a month in rent. Uh -huh. um, everyone was just as an exodus from New York. And what you get here for five grand versus here, you get a nice house in one of the yeah. best towns with a swimming pool. In Manhattan, you get a coat rack because your closet's not big enough right. to fit your coat. Right. So. So you saw a massive surge in northern New Jersey in rental value because the people in New York, the way they value things is different, right? And they weren't they weren't used to the market, so they inflated the market, and everyone here kind of had to adjust. So the whoever was renting on that market received huge benefits. In the sub-market, in terms of inner cities, there's a huge demand for housing because renovations and upgrades are not catching up with the population growth in those areas. So right now... If you're an owner and you're renting, if you have a, if usually it was like 80% filled, you can, you factored in a 10, 15% empty uh -huh. vacancy ratio. I mean, if you're running anything less than a hundred right now and the place is even remotely habitable, 
I mean, remotely habitable. I'm just saying that's how easy it is to rent, right? Yeah. Um, and we see it throughout. Like, there's there's a tenant available because at that point, then you're just going under market and you'll find renters. Um, though it's way hot for renting. Jack wants to know: Is the bubble gonna burst? Is this a bubble? And what should we expect? Is there going to be a correction? What's going on? Like renting and buying. He wants to know. He just he's he's so like, bu- bubbles, what should he know? There's always bubbles. There's always cycles. So what is a bubble though? A bubble is when someone's just chewing gum and they blow a bubble. <laughs> what is a real estate bubble? That is a bubble. That is that's the definition of a bubble, right? So we laugh, but it is the inflation of something <laughs> which then explodes, right? So the term of um, a bubble is actually that. So picture you're blowing a bubble with bubble gum. It keeps growing, growing, growing until naturally it's stretched so thin that it pops and it comes back to point zero. So while that was... You know, I, that is actually and what Eric meant. Like gum all over your face too. So oh, most this, of you will end up gum on your face. Yeah. Is this a bubble? <laughs> Meaning you're losing money. This is a bubble. Yeah, qu- yeah. This is the most ridiculous. This is this is a bubble that us experts can't even predict because it is so unnatural, right? It does not follow, in my opinion, the regular principles of natural economics, and that is because of, in my opinion, two factors: the infusion of substantial wealth because of cryptocurrencies, right? Where people who otherwise had no money can make $50,000, $60,000 in a weekend over Elon Musk's tweet. Uh, they're now entering that money into the market and it's uncontrolled money. It's not a person who's made it, who seasoned and invests properly. It's uncontrolled, it has no value because the owner of it doesn't appreciate its value and misuses it. And you have the fact that the US deficit just hit $30 trillion for the first time in history. So it took us almost 100 plus years to reach the deficit we were at pre-COVID, and we've almost doubled it in a matter of two years. Put that into context, right? So sell everything. If you have it. Really? Great time to sell. No. It's no. a good time to sell. Listen, if you own property and you bought it right, it's never a good time to sell. But if you're in a short-term property, get out of it. If you got a watch on your wrist, right? So get out of it. I, I've thought about it. I bought this for 12, I can sell for 42. Wait, you're thinking about selling your watches? I could, I thought about it, I actually have. The only reason I don't is because it would, it would piss off the, the what, people I buy it What's your watch Instagram, by the way? He has this high-end watch Instagram. Unless does, he's paying you does, to promote this. No, no, can I tell you? It's that. I, 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 want, I, just want, I want people to know. It, it, was, a, it was a spite Instagram. Is oh, it, a spite Instagram? Yeah, yeah, I didn't spite the other person, but it pissed me off that all of these people were just posting pictures of material stuff. They would get like 200,000 followers, monetize it, and acted like it was hard work, right? And that's what you did. So I decided that... This is very easy and I get like this, right? And I created a Instagram and I would just post pictures of my watches and stupid nonsense that everybody else posts. I accumulated thousands of followers in like a couple of weeks, right? It was on, it was growing rapidly. So I mean, it's just a joke. So I should unfollow? Yeah, I could post in like five months. I don't know. It was yeah. So the question is buy or sell. So should we buy or sell your watch? That's what we're oh, I, I should sell all my watches. I won't, but okay. I should. If I'm smart, I could probably have like a 600% return on every watch I own. I should unload all of them, but I don't, and I'll tell you why. I didn't bought the, I didn't buy them as investment pieces. I buy them because I appreciate them and I enjoy them. And also, in a certain market, I have access to things that most of you viewers don't, um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. What makes my why? Right? If you, guys, if, 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 if you guys walked into a Rolex store right now and you asked for a Submariner, they would put you on a three-year wait list. Right? They won't. Be, not me, man. I've been shopping with them pre-COVID. Okay. So when I when you have established relationships on things that are commodities or become commodities, you continue to have access to that because you are an existing 
valued customer. You're not someone who's there to make a one-time, two-time purchase. And now let me make that relatable to the rest of the world. So yes, that is very true. And that's the same thing with brokers. If you have an existing relationship with a real estate broker, or if you're an existing buyer of this episode, okay, then you will have that same experience. So I have things that come to me because of my existing relationships where I may have the opportunity to do something cheaper. I know you have the same opportunity. People yeah. come to us with things to buy because they don't want to go out there and put it on the market. Like he was able to get this watch cheaper because someone didn't feel like putting it on the market or they needed to turn it over quickly or because he asked. And that same thing happens throughout the board with real estate. So you really have to just get to know people, um, get to know areas and then, and then go out and try to, to so, learn things. So th this watch is probably one of the hardest watches to get. Honestly, it's, it's a watch. stainless steel Daytona. Why did they give it to me after establishing a relationship? Whoever buys this, will spend retail 12, but it's about $43,000 right now everywhere else. They could go and they could quadruple their money. That's not the intention of the seller to, to put watches out and then have it resold by other people. It's to sell it to consumers that they know that have a relationship with them, that enjoy the product, and that will treat it right. And similar to the broker analogy. So you're right, sometimes you can ask for something that's not available to others because of relationships they should maintain. It's but hold on, that does bring up a good point. So he could sell this and make $30,000, right? So. Back to the buy sell. Yeah. Okay. I don't sell anything. Like I, I get physically ill when someone suggests that I sell something. However, How about those shoes. <laughs> I'm gonna donate that one. They wouldn't even sell them. We'd rather give them away than sell them. <laughs> but if you if you have an asset that you know, let's say you have a building that's worth four hundred thousand dollars. I'm just simplifying. And um, you paid. Not even, it doesn't even matter what you pay it. It's worth 400 today. And if you think that bubble's bursting, there's so many opportunities in life. I, I think I've had something like this happen to me once where you could actually go backwards and you were, you were able to buy something, let's say today, he's selling a house today for $400,000, okay? So I sell my asset because it's also $400,000. His house now crashes. I sold my asset. I can now buy his house for 200 and then my asset that I sold is also worth 200 So because I was smart enough to sell, now I get to buy both of these properties for the same money that I just had. And it's just like a card shuffle. You know, it doesn't always happen, but it does happen. So these are things you need to, to keep in, in the back of your mind. But I think it's really hard to time something like that. Really hard. Yeah, it's yeah, impossible. So but, yeah. Well, that's, what, that's how the whole comment started, right? Is yeah. this bubble is impossible to time. Because no one, we have never seen anything like this in our lives, in our parents' lives. Not back in 2007. This is, this is that was a whole, the 2000, first, let's start with the 2000 crisis that blew up in what, 04, 08? I think it was 08. 08, 08. 08 so that was because of subprime mortgage lending, right? Right. That has nothing to do with what's going on today. I, I love when I'm like on LinkedIn and all these mortgage brokers start talking about it. And you just look at, you're reading it and you're like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you're an idiot. It, what's happening today has no relation or correlation with the economic crisis of 08. That was subprime lending. The government came in. We regulated the hell out of it. It doesn't really exist anymore, right? The problem today is completely different. It, it would be an entire economics class to explain, but it is not foreseeable. There is no metrics. Like when you trade, whatever you trade, you look at your watch. Up and down, right? Okay. Well, the purpose of the watch is a story, like about yes. relationships and why I wouldn't sell yes. it. Because if I did... I would burn that relationship. I would lose it. It's not worth it for me. How would that person know it was your watch? Yeah. They could find out. If someone else goes to do a warranty or something, it's registered well, to me on a certain right. It's a it's a 1% <laughs> off chance. The point is, why would I why would I burn a bridge? If I have a contact 
who's providing me something that I want or need. Like, and guys, this actually goes to this, like, don't look at it as just watches. It was, I sent it as like sort of a euphemism for what's going on. If you have a broker, if you have a relationship, if you have an agent that you deal with and they send you a lot of deals, but you have an opportunity to deal with someone else to make a quick buck, my point is turn that down because making a quick dollar in a moment and it costing you a long-term relationship will cost you a lot more money in the long run for that short-term gratification. This is, a, this is a question directly for Omar. So first, Alessandra, mm -hmm. she says, awesome, fine, fun, flip class, Omar. Clap, 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 clap. All right, but All she said- is gonna invest $20,000 in the capital group. All right, like center.com slash product slash flip. Um, okay, so, <laughs> so she wants to know, so hypothetically, in this market, you just got a check for $260,000. Way to go, Alessandra. That means nice. you did, so good job. Um, and Don't you want to invest- Keep away from all your boyfriends or whatever's going yeah, on. Yeah, no boys, no boys. What if um, it's girls? No yeah, girls. guys, no, no, progressive no here, girls, man. no girls. Come on, apologize um, for my compatriots and the lack of progressivism. And you want to invest in real estate. Would you buy REITs? B, well, she has B-R-A-U-T-S, but I think she REITs. needs REITs, right. Yeah. Try to do a flip or buy a rental. Which one are you doing? If I got two hundred and fifty thousand. Two hundred and sixty. Good girl. I'd spend sixty k on yourself first. No, I wouldn't do that. Breaking back. Um, that's that's twenty one for fifteen. Did the prices go up? Birthday's coming up in March. Well, first off, Alessandra, thanks for taking a flip class. Um, but if I got two hundred and sixty thousand today, I wouldn't buy a rental. Um. Don't fucking say cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is all real estate. I don't know what, enough what about crypto. What are you going to do in real estate? I don't know We're enough about crypto. So I wouldn't buy a rental in today's market. If I could find a good flip, I would do that. And what was the other option? A, a REIT. I would definitely not invest in a REIT. Why would you do a flip? Because that's the best return on that type of money that I could think of within real estate. In the short run, rentals are not. Okay, and why? So what is special about the flip now? What does it? What? What caveats does it put you in? Um, so with 260,000, you can leverage that and buy something for like 500,000 if you wanted to, or even more. And then you have enough money to have a cushion for your expenses. And the question I ask is how do you make that money grow? You're not making it grow through rentals in the short run. Um, and if you get a flip, you can do a good flip and make a hundred thousand dollars. And now you have 360,000. So right. and why a flip? Cause what are you doing with a flip? You are buying, finding, funding and flipping it. So and flipping means. Flipping means a nice big profit. Oh my God, you're track. buying something really cheap. It's a fixer-upper. Oh. You're fixing it up with a contractor and you're selling it for a profit. And we yes. just talked about my bubble gum. So, so we're in a bubble right now. <laughs> oh so he's buying it in a bubble and mm. selling it in a bubble because he's going to tell you to do it quickly. Yeah. So you're protecting yourself. You're not right. take, He's not telling you to buy the rental because he's saying the rental, <clears throat> you, you, it's a long-term, right? He's... So guys, kind of to to Omar's point yeah. too. Let's 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 break down the bubble even more. It, let, let you guys, if you don't surf, I'm sure you've seen surfing. What Omar and Eric are talking about is riding the wave, right? Ooh, I so like that. the wave is right now breaking. It's at its top. We know that, right? The question is, how long will the wave last before it breaks and can't be ridden anymore? Your goal in this, it's and it's almost like you know, it's kind of luck, right? You don't want to be stuck holding the bag at the end. You want to get in and out so fast that you're minimizing your risk of being the person where that wave is broken because you may buy high thinking that it's still going higher, but at any time when we don't know, we're at the tip, right? And it can start crashing. And you do not want to be stuck with $200,000 
all of your money in one basket when it starts crashing. But understand that's his opinion. <clears throat> we may agree with his opinion right now, but that doesn't mean it's right. It no, could go okay. higher. Yeah, you don't know. That's one point. Oh, you know, don't give know. us a legal disclaimer. Go ahead. About um, opinions. You're taking Into the camera. It's been like coming out right now. You're a lawyer. Come on. Anything we say here, Canon will be using it. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I mean, look, I, and, and we should actually probably put this in the front of all of our videos. But yeah, in reality, guys, these are our opinions. They're not scientific thoughts and they're not, you know, um, prior success is not guaranteed for future transactions and or success. There we go. Really, in reality, these are limited to a lot of extenuating factors that are unique to each yeah. and every transaction. And, you know, our prior deals do not mean that you will have those same prior deals and you should not look to us for um, that type of advice because we're telling you a general outlook on it. You know, we don't, there's so many details, like the cost of lumber, the cost of uh, labor. Sure. There's so many moving variables. We're giving you guys a general framework and the knowledge. Like we're not here to tell you what to do. We're just telling you what's done. And with that knowledge, you need to empower yourselves through further education to accomplish what you're And we're saying. telling you our experiences <clears throat> and our positives and our negatives. You know, some of us are super Ooh. lucky. I took away the phone this time. Some of, us are super, time it is hey, some of us are super lucky and we've had mostly <clears throat> great experiences. So, you know, it's really about educating yourself and, and learning what's out there and talking to as many people as you can and getting their opinion. Yep. But in the end, you're the decision maker. You're the one that's going to decide what to do with your money. And if you're not in it, you can't win it. So you, yeah, have, to just, like that. <laughs> you have to just go for it at some point. So I have actually, going back to rent to own, I had a similar scenario where I had to make a decision. So my wife and I were interested in purchasing a property in Miami. We entered into a contract and I was going to buy a oceanfront condo in Miami, right? Now we go to rent to own, rent to own. So we, we've just talked so far during this cast about renting and owning in an investment strategy or personal home. But a lot of times you have the opportunity to rent to own on other things like vacation homes, okay. right? Um, while I'm, although I was in contract, I ended up killing the deal uh, for multiple reasons. First, I felt we were at the top of the market. Second, you have to analyze rent to own differently. So if you have an investment property that is also at that point, and a lot of condos, and we'll talk about this in other classes, don't allow Airbnb, and then instead of becoming assets, they become liabilities, you have to decide, if I rent a place, if I go to Miami right now next week and I go to the one hotel and I stay at a one bedroom suite oceanfront, it'll cost me $21,600 Monday through Sunday. I Don't ask me how I know that deal. figure, but that's exactly exact I'm number. like, I think it's your better deal, but go ahead. If you can, I, we need to talk about the show. So <clears throat> sure, that sounds like a lot of money, but that's also a long time to be there. If you turn around and, and then calculate, okay, well, what is the ownership of a condo cost that you will only use a couple weeks a year. You've got a thousand plus dollars a month in association fees. You have property taxes, which will be about a thousand dollars a month. So right, right there, you're at twenty-four thousand dollars a year. Um, you have maintenance internally um, and a lot of other factors. So sometimes, will you, or will you not rent it? Well, a lot of the association yeah, usually no, doesn't allow no, it unless but that's a factor. Yeah, if, if it's if yeah. it's if it's for you, it. Yes. if it's for a vacation home, you don't want to rent it all year. Right. Because you want to go use it, right? right? So, and then when you rent it, it's usually not peak season because you want to use it in peak season. That's the purpose of buying it. Yes. But then you just do the math and you're like, well, listen, what it costs me every year to own it, if I rented a place every year, I'd actually make money because I spend less, it's gone, but you end up spending that money plus some on some costs like taxes and condo fees anyway. Having, having a vacation <laughs> property, which I bought when I was 27, 
because just I, four years after you bought your first home, you bought a vacation property. So I grew up. Did you hear about the meth lab next door? Just I grew up in an, I grew up in an affluent area, and um, yeah, we were affluent, but there were people around us that were more affluent. So I would say I was in the lower middle of affluence. He um, was Richie Rich's neighbor. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't have the roller coaster. And his dad's Bentley was two years old. I still had to pay for my own car and all that good stuff. But, but so we never had, my family never had a vacation property. And a lot of my friends did and everybody was going to these places. So a goal in life for me was to go out and I, it was a measure of my success was to go out and get a vacation property. So literally when I made my first, you know, million and a half dollars, one of the first properties I bought was this stupid vacation property, which, you know, if you look at the big picture in life, like I bought it for much, I did buy it in a high. I think I Eric buys a timeshare. Episode eight. It's not a timeshare though. It cost me so much money over the years mm -hmm. and for the amount of time, like maybe the first couple of years we went there a lot, but then over and over again, you want to experience life, you want to go to different places. So, so I, you wouldn't buy a vacation home? I if, I, if I look back, I wouldn't have bought it at yeah. that age, you know, um, unless I bought it with the intent to rent it and then just take it a couple but weeks here and there. But don't you like that your kids go to the same place and they know the same yes, other but, kids? Yes, but it's not financially, time. it's not, well, a, it's not a way to grow assets. Yeah, you can rent You can't place. grow assets that way. If your goal is to grow assets, make money, and then retire with financial freedom, buying that vacation house, unless you're doing it as an investment where you're going to yeah. take a couple weeks here and there, is not smart. But um, I just want to touch on something regarding, because we're talking a lot about residential here, you know, buy versus rent. Um, on the commercial end of things, mm. things could be entirely different. So buy versus rent. If you're building a restaurant and you're going into a location and you're building some brand recognition at that location and you didn't buy that, when your rent is over, when your lease is over, your landlord is going to know that that's like your spot. Everybody goes there for that ice cream or for that hot dog or for that pizza. Your landlord is going to go and look at what the market is. And if it's double what you're paying, he's going to jack that up to double what you're paying. And you're going to lose your entire business. So it really depends on the situation and it depends on what it is. You have to take each thing into perspective. Um, so I'm still a big fan of, of buy, buy versus rent. And even in the bubble, if there's things that you're doing that pertain to business, it may make sense to buy. So any type of retail or any type of restaurant, you know, it probably makes sense for you to buy that situation. So I just wanted to give a little commercial perspective. That he, I, I, Eric just, he just took a nail and he didn't use a hammer. He used like one of those nail guns that just shoot it so far in that it's gone. That's how hard he hit it on that. Wow, that's. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many people I represent that I'm sitting there doing leases for them. And the biggest fight becomes the term of the lease and rent increases, mm -hmm. right? And sure, maybe you're getting a cheap deal today, but if you have a business that survives the first three years and you have a real business and that's your livelihood, guess what? You're getting whacked over the head for the rest of your life. As soon as that lease runs out, it's time to renegotiate. Why did your landlord not break you over the So course? you're saying that if you have a feasible business, you have a sustainable business, you both say that you should buy. So when you go to a restaurant that you okay. like, you know where it is, right? I do know where it is. Okay. What if all of a sudden it got up and had to move to another town? Then I would go to the other town. Would you? Or what if another restaurant came right there that was equally as good? Equally as good, I might stay, but then I might like the owner. I might feel like when I walk in, everyone knows my name kind of thing. Should I start singing? No, that's not wrong, but at the end of the day, that's the reality of it, right? You can, you can get relocated and then you usually don't want to because there's also a lot of costs associated with moving and relocating and you get whacked. 
and you don't want to get whacked. If you own your building, if you buy a restaurant, it depends on the business, restaurants, things that are brick and mortar shops. You want to keep where they are. The point is just to be cognizant of the fact that there's reasons for doing different things. There's always a scenario and you can reach out to all of us, you know, you can email us. We're happy to give you our two cents on stuff. My email is Eric Anderson at I want to switch gears just a little and I want to talk about for real estate agents. Let's talk about can you be a real estate agent that just focuses on rentals and would you make money and would that be feasible? So I can speak, I'm not a real estate agent. So why are you speaking? Because I have a really good, good point. Okay, go ahead. And also, I don't know what else to do. It's how I get paid. Um, so <laughs> our, our, our real estate agent, right? Not for this show. That was a joke. About it. So, uh, my, my, our, our personal real estate agent, um, look for her, she sells houses, love her. She's phenomenal. She's my dad's agent, but what better of a client can she have than my, our family's properties, my father, she is guaranteed every year, 20 to $40,000 for something that requires no work. Mm -hmm. She lists it for rent and other people will come and rent it. There's work, I shouldn't say that, but it's minimal work and she's it's- she's cursing you out and your dad's like, shit, why are we using her? <laughs> Good one. So there, no, my dad loves her. Right. So there is, there, and it's, it's repeat. It's not one and done and you right. have to go hunt for the next. Every year they come back to you and that is constant revenue. So to your question of whether they should do it, that would be more for Omar and Eric, but you shouldn't rule it out. One is not better than the other. Omar? I think that's a great case to do it. Thank you. you. Can you please tell Eric who tried to hush me? <laughs> so the thing with rentals is if you have established relationships where it's reoccurring, then great. But if you're if you're waiting, if you're soliciting renters to make a living from that, it's going to be very tough because today's market, um, everything is online and the renter doesn't necessarily have to use a realtor anymore. So even if you show someone five different places, they could find a sixth place that doesn't need a realtor and then you're out. So that happens often. Or you can, you can square up with that same renter. So imagine if you have a landlord that he rents your properties. How good of a customer is he? Because next time you get a good deal like Eric talks about, you go to your people because of relationships, you'll sell it to him knowing not only did you just sell it, but it's not like that's done. Then you'll get to rent it and that's gonna be right. residual income for you for the next 20 years of your life. Right. So again, commercial versus residential, two different scenarios. Commercial leasing, we don't call it renting, we call it leasing, is a big business, there's it tons is. of stuff out yeah. there, totally different, so 100% yes. Residential, as what Omar said, it's super tough unless you can get into a situation where you have a family that has 40 properties and they're constantly giving you opportunities, or you can go get a job as a leasing agent for some big developer. That's that's more of a salary, but you're still getting like a commission base. So you just have to know your market, you have to know where you are. You know, if you're in Manhattan and there's tons of rentals out there, yeah. you used mm -hmm. to make, you used to do really well, you used to make a lot of money, but now as Omar said with the apartments.com, that is taking money off the table because but nobody wants to pay. But you through a No, a you go direct. So years back, before like apartments.com or, or um, had the, the, the opportunity to go direct, uh, brokers in the city would make 15, $20,000 right. off an apartment. It was huge money. There were offices built just on leasing. You know, but that's all gone now. Well, that's not just brokers.com. So from a legal perspective, New York was interesting. New Jersey is somewhat regulated on how much you can collect as an agent on rent, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a standard. There was none in New York, right? And New York in the last couple of years has started passing laws that have changed mm -hmm. that because when you had this housing shortage, when New York was on fire, these agents were, they can make whatever demand they wanted and people would have to pay it. 
And yeah. it, it started becoming uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. And it's now recently been regulated by law and will continue probably to be. So the rental market in New York has substantially changed from a legal perspective. Which is bad of, for brokers. Yeah. However, but talking about that really quick, rental or, or regulations. So if you have the opportunity to rent in New York City in a down market, um, once you get into that building at that low rent number, because let's say it should rent for five grand a month because the market sucks, they rented you for two grand. There's rent control laws in the city. You could be at that two grand number Forever. with like four percent increases for Forever. the next thirty yeah. years. I have so, friends who I grew up in this. I'm I'm a New Yorker. Hook it up. I'll take one. Yeah. So they, it really they've been there forever. It, they pass it down to their their children. You're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to do that. Okay. They don't. Yeah. Well, we we represent landlords that actually have to hire private investigators to prove it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've represented people. There's substantial money in this game where you know we have an investigation team that goes there. They will spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars because that to, affects the value of the building to case out that yeah. unit. Well, the refinance what they can pull out of it and frankly their money they will go and case that place out to create a case to throw them out sue them they'll spend 20 grand to do it because over the lifetime of their ownership of that yeah, unit that 20 grand is nominal because they're yeah. probably losing 50 grand a year so uh, back to the point it's all about the situation just make sure you educate yourself in the situation that'll help you decide whether to rent or buy eric yes. omar so i have a question for eric and omar and then i'm going to talk to you egypt i am going to get to you um okay April wants to know, where's April's question? Is there a career path focusing on commercial leasing? Can she just have a career that's just commercial leasing? It's where the money is. It's where the money is. There's Tell her office. why that there's rent. There's an rent. office that, uh, that does well with it. We do very well with it. Right. So, I mean, my biggest commission on a lease deal, and I focus more on specifically me, I focus more on sales. Um, but he hates offering warehouse sales. But I've clients. I've made I've made two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars. I've made two hundred thousand dollars off on a lease, lease off a lease transaction. On yes. a lease. And what's wow. great about leases is you don't always get the money. Not great, but great because it's like a forced annuity. But you don't always get all the money in one shot. The checks sometimes just come. So you get like if it's two hundred grand commission, maybe you'll get fifty now. Then you'll get another fifty in a year. Then another fifty there. So it's like becomes like a surprise retirement plan because you already forgot about the work. But yes, hundred percent, you could do it. You just have to be super aggressive. It's all about follow up, staying in front of your clients, and and working really hard. But you could do it, and it's fun. Okay, I need to speak to Egypt. Egypt put on that the cup was turning black. He won. Oh. You won, <laughs> Egypt. So Egypt, we have more cups. I'm going to make sure that one of these. I only bought ten. Okay, so there's no. Luckily, I didn't buy a bunch of the bad cups. But there are only okay, a couple. Well, the unique cups, right? It's beautiful. Everyone's beautiful. Um, I will make sure that you get one of the limited edition, color changing remix cups. And and you get to come to a live audience premiere <laughs> for just four easy payments of $49.99 for no payments. All right, I, I'm so, going to add to that. So okay, we give out a lot of like high, I like high end gear that goes out, right? Okay. A lot of calories. You're going to get a watch. Uh, right here. You'll get, we will get, we will send who, okay. whoever one of uh, our live audience is watching who asks three questions. I will not send today. out. Well, are we over? Yeah, we're, 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 we're about over. Well, I'm not going to be in the mood next week. 
Okay, we can go back. I'm generous mood now. We can see who asked three questions. I'm gonna be my grumpy self again next week, and then tell them. We will we will mail you out some really cool swag from the firm, which we like to give out to our top clients, which are typically notice none of us have any because they don't wear it, right? They only wear it when they go out to dinner parties or events. I do have a chapstick that says. I do. I do have people who. Wait, don't you have the don't you have the Mary Love Firm toilet paper? No. We, we build her sheet. On that, <laughs> note, on that note, I do see the three people who will be getting the fun pack, the NEMA fun pack. Um, she told me there's three people. I wouldn't have offered it. No, I'm just kidding. All right, who are the three people who get the fun anyway, pack? Anyway, buy versus rent. Noel. Okay. I'm going to buy. I'm, I'm on the buying train, though it's been fun to rent, but I'm on the buying train. Omar? Um, we were trying to get him to take a shot, but... Look, I think... Um, I have, I have a strong case question. for renting, and if you could, uh, if you have a good use for money instead of putting it towards down payment, renting will win. But most people will buy instead of rent. Again, that's not what we asked. We asked, what would you do? Yeah, I think Omar's a lawyer today. What would you do? <laughs> if I was in my 20s, I would not buy it. Ooh. Unless okay. I get a house at a discount, which is what I did. But I wouldn't buy retail, period. Okay. You already know my answer. If you visualize it, you can own it. Bye. I'll wait for your answer. Bye. <laughs> he wants to uh, buy. Bye. I think you're saying like goodbye, right? Good Words matter, guys. Um, buy or rent. So we had two kind of parallel running conversations here. Um, is let's talk about one, the home you live in, right? Um, versus investment. Quick. Oh, buy to rent to you. Okay, there you have it. <laughs> so next week, just really quickly, it's going to be a battle royale. So you guys have to come back. You have to watch next week. Do we bring guns? We're going to talk about... I don't want to bring a knife to no, the Listen to this. It's going to be really fun. We're going to have a financial person on, and we're going to talk about whether you should invest in real estate for your retirement or invest in, like, your traditional IRAs, blah, blah, blahs. But you which trust to sell your life insurance by the end of it? I'm out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thank you guys for being with us. Oh, subscribe, guys. Okay, wait. Guys, we have a goal of how many people I want to subscribe. Seven. So, no. Yeah. So I need Seven. everyone out there to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube. Okay, subscribe, subscribe, Center for Real Estate Education YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Say it five times over, Beatles just shows up. <laughs> He'll show up, don't say it five times over. Yeah. With a bill. <laughs> anyway, thank you for having joined us today. And remember, if you visualize it, you can own it. So go buy something. Bye guys. Bye everybody.